Rocco Martone, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you are listening to You Heard About Pluto, and this is our first video edition. So anybody who's joining us on this format, thank you so much. And we are also, of course, on audio. So you can go to your podcatcher app and uh, get the audio only if you want to. Now, I will clear up something for this. Um, we're watching Pluto live, but I will not be able to show anybody Pluto if you are watching. Uh, so because for copyrights and other reasons. Um, so you won't see Pluto, but you'll just see us and we'll be watching Pluto. Ooh, that's a that's a tough switch, but that's a yeah. I, I I agree. I tried to. I figured out how, but um, you know, the overlords will not let you show copyrighted material apparently for free. Um, on a thing. So, what did you pick for us to watch tonight? This is uh, Anthony Bourdain, Bourdain's A Cook's Tour, which was his a first show. Tour. Oh, yeah. this is two thousand two. It was his first TV show. Um. And uh, yeah, this is how I first discovered the guy that uh, that uh, we all kind of probably got into a little later. But yeah, this is uh, right after his book had become really big, uh, Kitchen Confidential, and blew up. And uh, yeah, this was his first show. You can see by watching it. Well, they, no one could watching us could see it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not high def. It's definitely not widescreen. It's definitely oh no, it looks but, way older. Um. <laughs> but I love it. That's what I like about yeah, it. I love yeah. the lo-fi guy. It looks so, like it's in the nineties. Well, it's close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's smoking a cigarette on the he TV, is. which is something you will not be able to do on a modern food, especially a food television show. So. Yeah, true. Uh, speaking of food, um, you don't really like food that much. So <laughs> I was curious why you chose this one. Oh, I like I, <laughs> I like some food. I definitely don't like watching other people eat food, especially if it involves oh. sauces and condiments. Uh, <laughs> but uh I love Bourdain. I love his attitude. I love his sensibility. Um, he's a he's kind of like a punk, uh, a, a guy, a DIY kind of dude. Who it's interesting because the idea of a celebrity chef kind of blossomed right around this period, and we've all seen the jokes and like a Simpsons reference might be like a a guy with a lot of a sleeve tattoo and some interesting facial hair, but like mm -hmm. Bourdain was the original, not to say a bad boy, but the guy who was like fuck the conventions. I want to do shit my way. That's how I like all of my art. And I consider him an artist. His books are great. He's definitely a great writer. Uh, I'm sure his food is amazing. But just his attitude towards life is the way that most people should live their lives, which is very much take what you want. Do what you want to do. Take your opportunities. And don't fucking listen to what anyone tells you to do, especially if they're telling you you can't do something. And that's what I like about him. And it's I more mean, of a travel show than a cooking show, honestly. Definitely is. more. Of a, he's in London, it looks like, for this and... He is having some London-y looking things, uh, sausages, eggs, and baked beans. I think that's their breakfast, yes? An that's English a, breakfast. Yeah, and a cigarette at the end of it, which is the and best the, way to course, finish breakfast. Of course. I saw something else on that plate, too. But he seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it's a basic food meal. It's the way you start your day. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, I like the idea that I, I did look up uh, Bourdain today to make sure what where he was in his career. And he's literally the age I am now while he was shooting this. And, How's that uh, make you feel? 
Uh, that's fine. He's he's probably uh, accomplished a few more things in his life, but uh, yeah. I, I feel like I've done uh, enough in those. Uh, I, uh, I I'm pretty happy with the way I've lived my life. You're you're rock and roll too, so I guess you know. I guess, but yeah. yeah. Um, they are making it looks like meat mince meat pies. What's a mince meat pie? Um, you put like a oh, they're making eel pies. Yeah, it's like spearmint, peppermint. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just chew all the gum and you put it in a pie. Oh, but that, that sounds right. No, it's like a blackbird pie from the south. It's it's classic, classic English pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he said no eel in this one. Okay. I mean, I do love the idea of these small kitchens that have just been around mm -hmm. forever. And it's like, I do Family not, owned. Yeah, so. I don't give a fuck if a kitchen is old and beat up like this. And there's some mm -hmm. people that would be like prissy. And all those people that get prissy about their food, like my plate's a little dirty. It's like, you know how many people have spit into your food in the term? Like a, a, a piece of the amount of people that have talked over your meal before you get to it. Like, don't be a puss about your like utensils being dirty or any of that bullshit. Just eat the goddamn food. I mean... <laughs> Look, uh, to a point, but I'm going to need some clean, you know, utensils and plates. Now, I now I have witnessed... Yeah, well, don't give it a feces sponge bath before you give it to me, but... um, In a kitchen similar to this, I've witnessed ladies washing dishes in a five-gallon bucket uh, with a rag. And uh, that was after I ate my meal there. So, uh, I, I did not go back there. I, I don't think that... No. Any, any cleanliness standard. <laughs> there used to be a place called the Shortstop in Bloomfield, New Jersey. It was a twenty-four-hour breakfast place, and the, the women that were working there were always healthy ladies with, that would literally be chain smoking uh, while they took your food. They, there would always be a, a guy who definitely just got out of jail as the short order cook, <laughs> and they would give you your food. And they would always have like it was definitely like a Newport hundred with the ash, and that ash would just dangle above your food while they handed you like a, a egg, eggs in the skillet and a. A hash brown the size of fucking uh a fucking chihuahua <laughs> and but i don't even care put that ash in my food give it to me i don't give it oh, i'm there i'm there for the experience you know what i mean give me i want to live that experience so like i do not mind all that shit man um get your immune system i off. get the spirit of that but i just i just don't, i can if someone's it. thumb is on your plate when they hand you their plate at a restaurant do you have a hit no, i mean no okay but i i prefer not to think about it honestly Hot and jellied eels. That is a great name for a restaurant, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> was that the name of it? Yes. Okay. First commercial. See, like, this is like the complete antithesis of what that that kitchen was. I'm seeing A-list living, a commercial mm, for that. Mm. It's like, this is prissy. There's not a goddamn rug on the ground. Like, like <laughs> live in shit, man. Shit's meant to be lived in. Shit's not supposed to be preserved. You're supposed to live in stuff. Supposed to have, uh, you know, be a little beat up, mm. just like just like me, and it was just like Bourdain. <laughs> he is quite well. I mean, he was um, sort of a that sort of well, but he. I felt hmm, it's funny because he went in like the nitty gritty places, right? He goes to these nitty gritty places, but he he always he has like a bougie feel to him, right? Like. It's, it's not, it's not sterile like you say, but I feel like he's not I'm trying to think of a way to say it. He still has an, a, a, an aloofness to him, 
right? Oh, yeah, I could say aloof is definitely a, yeah, but that's a little different than I do not think he thinks he's better than anyone where he literally will go to the lowest guy on the, the pecking order of a restaurant and like shook, shake his hand at the end of an episode and you'll see him be like, and he'll go like to a street vendor and say, this is better than any other version of this dish I've had in the fanciest restaurants around the country. So he's, 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 there's a humility and a humbleness to him that is really appealing to me. Mm. I mean, I think he thinks he's, I think he understands his worth and he understands his skill, but I mean, sometimes people don't like to celebrate their own skills and own worth because it comes off as being uh, pompous or something like that. But mm-hmm. I don't think he ever crosses that line into that. No, I don't think so. How do you feel about just, how about, how do you feel about meat before it's cooked? Like when people show just this, like a piece of meat on like an Instagram, they're like, check out this meat. Like, do you see it as something appealing or do you just see like a pig's ass? Like we're looking at right now. <laughs> it just depends on what it is. Hmm. Um, like if it's a gorgeous, you know, ribeye or something like that with, you know, pretty marbling on it. And if it's maybe like a pork butt or something like that, and it has all the, all the, seasoning packed on it and stuff like that i think that's pretty hmm. it's like the foreplay to the food that you're about to eat it's just i don't know i there's some artistry in in butchering right so i think that a really nice cut of meat shows off okay. what the butcher can do <laughs> just like a jack the ripper um it's like abdullah <laughs> yes the greatest butcher that there ever has been <laughs> They just he just made an itchy and scratchy and joke, but I know, I know our, friend, <laughs> our friend Tim Capel will hate, but uh-huh. he's talking about tripe and organ. Have you ever what's uh-huh. the what's the most uh wild thing you've ever eaten? Besides food that's fallen on the floor at a restaurant. Mm, well um I don't maybe snails might be the wildest thing. Like right out of the uh, backyard. Es- escort, pick up escargo. a rock and grab some snails out of you. I actually enjoyed it a lot though. That's cargo. Yeah. It is fun. Yeah, it's fun. It because that's like an experience as well. Like mm-hmm, it's like a, mm-hmm. it's a unique experience. And uh, when they're cooked right, but essentially it's just butter, butter and garlic. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I enjoyed about it. Yes, <laughs> it's always like that. Like, oh, this is this asparagus is amazing. Yeah, it's right. It's bacon <laughs> and butter, motherfucker. <laughs> you can wrap a fucking a Nike Air Jordan from fucking 1993 in bacon and butter. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. It's like, all right, just eat the butter and bake it and, and don't pretend you like this. But like this bone marrow to me, that that sounds fucking awesome, man. Like I, I would probably fuck with some bone marrow. Um, um yeah, the, they were they are at the fucking like plant where the meat is processed. <laughs> we are seeing all the things. Yeah, you're seeing how the uh I was gonna say how the fudge is made, but I guess it's how the fudge <laughs> is made. But what about you? What's your most exotic food? I had cobra once. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. Um, I've definitely had tripe. I don't know what animal it came from. Mm. Mm. My sister made me eat a nickel once when I was a kid. That's pretty rare. <laughs> That's very exotic, yes. Mm-hmm. It might still be in me. I don't know. I never. I never <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, I never, I never looked for it. That's like the, I didn't hear a pink, a plink at the end of a at the end of a, this a bowel is... movement. This is kind of what I mean about him because he's we've seen him on the street. We saw him in a little hole in the wall, and now we've seen him in this look, looks like a very fancy place. Um eating a pig head. Yeah, eating uh garbage parts of the okay, the bone marrow and now the hooves too. 
Well, I think that's good. I, th- I think it shows that you could have a It's full, versatile, yeah. Yeah, like the dichotomy of everything is like, I like very produced pop music, but I also like the most poorly produced death metal music. I like <laughs> I like big blockbuster movies. Right. Well, not that blockbuster, but I like big movies. Yeah. And I like the smallest indie I could find, you know, mm-hmm. like, I like that, you know, you should have that, that, that um, spectrum mm-hmm. in all your art. And, you know, I, I think food does fall into the art form of it. Oh, definitely. How do you feel about men with one earring? I don't mind it. I hmm. I, I feel I love earrings on dudes. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like one, two, fifteen, it's fine. Oh, interesting. How many holes do you have? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh pierce, pierce. <laughs> Unnatural holes. I had two in each ear, but then the second one uh gave me some trouble, so I kinda let them kind of oh. um one of them is still kind of open but the other one kind of closed up i would love that but there's something about i have like big ears can't tell but there's something about that spot that just i don't know it would irritate me like if i'd lay on it or something like that um always wanted an eyebrow ring my entire life Mm. like an eyebrow ring but my grandmother told me one day that she would disown me if i did that (laughs) Well, and I hated her, <laughs> so I'm surprised I didn't do that. Yeah, if my dad had I told didn't me hate her, he didn't want me to get my eyeball pierced, I would have got it pierced when I was a teenager. So oh, it shows you, yeah, he's a dick. Um, uh, yeah, I've never, I've never gone, uh, I've never done it. Um, I had a friend, Carl. He looked, he was a bald man with two hoop earrings, had his nipples both pierced. This was in like 1996, so you could pretty much get that's a uh, look. You could get put in an insane asylum for something like that back in '96, man. This is like pre like acceptance of like all that kind of shit. So I, I've never. It's it seemed like a lot of work to go do it, but um, it's funny when you know around here. There's a lot of people that they pierce their baby's ears when they're literally like oh, three yeah. months old. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do that. I, I'm not against that either. I mean, why not? Because when they're kids, and <laughs> it'll it'll be a lot more painful. Um, when they're yeah, a baby, I mean, they won't even remember or anything. This is the reason they don't circumcise you when you're 18, right? Exactly. Uh, every, you know, do what <laughs> you want. I mean, you made that kid, you know, whatever. What am I to say about anything? But I would say go to like a like a real um, artist to get it done, not go to the mall and get it done with a gun. I have pierced a few ears in my life with the uh, ice and a piece of cork and a pin. How'd that so. go? Um, for me, it was great <laughs> right. for the person screaming. Uh, so like, you just, okay. What was the circumstances there? Uh, my friend said he wanted to pierce his ear. So I said, I'll do it right now. And we did it. So and, you just uh, made it up. You didn't like look it up or like, this is way before the internet existed. Yeah. My friend, so, well, um, way before you had it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It was 2009 before the internet. Existed. <laughs> uh, no, this is like when I was in high school. Yeah. My buddy just wanted one. So I said, yeah, let's fucking do it. Um, I didn't know that you really have to commit to it. So it was like a slow, it was like, oh, yeah. Into, yeah, I didn't peel the band aid off fast enough. So I literally, you were the slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was that. like sex. I thought it was like sex. <laughs> tip, go slow. No, no, no. No, you got to go. Yeah, yeah. This, is a, this, is a, this was a bad, this should have been a bathroom hookup real quick. <laughs> I was going fucking Karma Sutra You're, tantric style yeah. on his ass. <laughs> No wonder he was screaming. Yeah, and it fucked it up, and I had to put it a second. Oh my god! Yeah, it wasn't great. Sorry, Jamie. Dude. I apologize. Dude, did he survive? Still? Well, I haven't seen him in about twenty years, but I saw him the next day. So um, I don't know if it was like sepsis set in, but it set in. A few yeah, years gangrene later. of the ear, and then mm-hmm. yeah, it could but have. I heard. 
but they have synthetics and stuff for that now. It's fine. <laughs> True. Co cochlear implants. <laughs> What a market... botched piercing. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I've ever tried to. I did try to wax a girl's pubic area once, and I did the same thing, and it was really tough on her. What? Oh my god! She asked me to do it. No, I, I held her down and did. Well, it no sleep. shit, but no, she was sleeping. I woke her up to for. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it, she, it wasn't great. Yeah. She should have told you to do it. <laughs> she didn't tell me to screw rip it like crazy. Oh. But... Yeah, it was real slow. It took a while. It was uh, god, it wasn't. No. It wasn't great. It wasn't the erotic experience we thought. It was uh, no. Anyhow, look at this guy with the knife. I it's wonder hilarious. how many botched piercings Anthony <laughs> Bourdain did. <laughs> that guy's treating that piece of meat like I did my friend's ear, just mm. hacking away at it. Yeah, yeah. Was he married, Bourdain? I do not know if he was ever married. I know he was, at the end of his life, he was dating Asia Argento, who's a famous Italian actress and whose father is Dario. Dario? Yeah, oh. that's her father. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of weird shit that went down with her after he she accused uh, Weinstein of some shit. Oh, right. But then, but then a young guy who was like seventeen came out and said she had slept with him on a movie set, and apparently Bourdain was paying for like her legal fees and that kind oh. of. And then they split up. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's a documentary on him on HBO right now. It is incredible. If you want, have a couple glasses of whiskey and you'll cry by the end of it. Unless you're, you know, I'm sure, not human, but yeah. <laughs> fascinating dude who just was uh yeah he just um seems like it was uh too much life became too much for him at that point with all the shit going on but you know, you'll never really know why someone uh, chooses to do that yeah but um i always think it's fast like i love that he's in a person's kitchen just cooking like, mm -hmm. i love it it's just such a it just makes me wonder like how poorly i cut onions watching this guy slice <laughs> onions, you know they're making what kind of food um, I believe, uh, I believe they're, uh, Punjabi? Uh, I think that's what she said. Yeah. Mm. I would have thought it would have been, yeah. Cause there's a lot, there's a big Pakistani, Pakistani uh, population yeah. in, and India, Indian population. Yeah. It's a very modern kitchen. Mm. Very high ceilings. <laughs> do you find Bourdain an attractive man? I do. I do. Yeah. He, he's, he has, even now he has a little bit of that gray uh hair to him i like yeah. that salt and pepper look a man smoking a cigarette yeah that's always gonna do it for me i wish he had a beard um yeah it's uh 2002 maybe that maybe it's a cook thing you don't want to be you know, the cleansing uh. beard maybe it was a little thing it's funny because we talk about we we're talking about like the celebrity chef becoming a thing excuse me where I, like it's almost like a joke right like a chef's mm -hmm. gonna be like, I'm a badass. Like he's a fucking <laughs> like he's an actual musician or something. Mm -hmm. But like Bourdain like was Bobby one of the, Flay. Yeah, yes, and all those dudes. But like Bourdain started that, and that's the thing that where people people always like forget what started it and lump the people that started a, a trend into the imitators of a trend. Once it became, mm. become, yeah, you know, once I it becomes, forgot who started it. Yeah. It becomes, yeah. So, so once it becomes multiplicity, you know, like a mm. copy of a copy kind of bullshit, mm. and you're like, yeah, that fucking sucks. It's like, mm. oh, but the, the genesis of that trend was genuine and cool. It's mm. just a bunch of people who were too fucking lame to start their own trend or their <laughs> own thing that ripped the dude off and then kind of besmirched well, that. I mean, he, he's traveling around and, and eating a bunch of food, like. No, I'm talking about that the image of a bad boy and he's got some tattoos and shit like yeah, that. But, yeah, yeah. I mean he has random tattoos that he's accrued over forty six years of his life. He didn't get a sleeve done on one weekend when he was twenty three. <laughs>
Oh, look at that beard. He's a really tall. Yeah, tall, lanky dude, right? Mm -hmm. Like, girls, uh, that's another thing, girls, uh, you yeah. underestimated. Don't you yeah. think you're, you're, you know, your wife's when that number or whatever you're like all right like I'm, I'm gonna have a little easier time just in meeting a girl meeting new friends maybe even at a job interview because you just hit that little number and uh you don't have to try so hard i think mm. i say it well, so that's under. tall privilege is what you mean i think there is a tall privilege yeah absolutely tall privilege yeah and it's something you can't control you're just you're just lucky genetically and uh, you get to benefit from it generally Unless you made a girl with a, right. leprechaun, a leprechaun fetish, then you're fucked. But <laughs> oh, they're really—they are toasting the seasonings and then grinding them. Yeah, it's so much work when you just buy like mm -hmm. fake seasonings. So much like you do like yeah. just—it's—it is really different when you. I, I I just went out to dinner the other night and I had like actually made pasta, right? Like it was a really nice Italian restaurant, and I could tell like it was homemade pasta, like they made it on premises, and it was like. Mm. Holy fuck, I forget how good that is when you make something from scratch. You forget, yeah. Dude, you forget, you know, like, oh my God. I could have just eaten that shit plain. Just the, <laughs> just the pasta, you know, without the pesto and the fucking uh, tuna on it. But goddamn, you, you just forget about how good it is when you just make what it. What kind like of that. pasta was it? It was a rigatoni. Mm. Mm -hmm. Why don't you rank your top five pastas? Mm, I wrote down a list recently. I can't remember what it was for, <laughs> but. Um, I would have to bury my head between my legs and eat my own asshole to eat one of our one of our friends' favorite pasta. <laughs> that's a different. That's a joke that only three people get. Yep, sure is. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So that looks incredible. What they made. Yes. How do you feel about eating with your hands in public? Um, it just depends. Uh, it's not my favorite, but I'm not gonna. I like that. I like that. because If it's culturally, you know, what you're supposed to do, then I'm not going to be like all fussy about it. But, you know, if it's a steak, I'm probably going to use a knife and a fork. But if you're out with a bunch of people and you're like, fuck, um, I don't want to I don't want to eat it with my hands. So I won't get a hamburger, even though I kind of want one. I'll just get something with a fork. Have you ever? Like, no, no, I, oh, no, no, I'm, I, I can definitely eat like things that are supposed to be eaten by hand. Okay. Yeah. I'll make that decision sometimes. I mean, you eat a lot of meals with dudes with beards. Like, how do you feel about looking at food in a, a dude's beard? It doesn't happen that much, really. Oh, okay. um, you know, it's it's pretty rare. And look, we're we're just people. So if if some food gets in the beard, I might just go, "Hey, you got something in your beard?" <laughs> I'm not gonna let this person walk around with food in their beard. And I won't embarrass them by acting like a crazy person because they have one piece of food in their beard. Have you ever slapped a piece of food out of someone's beard or chewed it out of someone's beard? No, I've not. Okay. I've always wanted to slap food out of someone's hand, like right before they take <clears> a bite. <throat> nice. Like, like an apple or I don't know why it's always fruit based when I think of it. but It's the least messy. I guess so. And it's like just unnecessarily dramatic for a piece of fruit, I think. <laughs> Yeah, no one ever got that worked out over a fucking uh, Granny Smith apple before. Yeah, yeah, just like first. a banana, and well, a banana would be kind of funny too. But that's very just, erotic. just fucking. I mean, with all the hate in my heart, just slap the food <laughs> out of their mouth. And also, I've wanted to do it when somebody is holding, uh, like a tray or 
anything where their hands are occupied on the thing and they're balancing it, mm. I just want to slap it down like that. Oh, well, one day I hope to see you live that that out. I, I, I hope to one day live that. I mean, that's incredibly rude. I don't know why, why I would ever do that, but... Um, well, people do like rage rooms and bullshit like that. I don't see why you shouldn't be able to do that at least once in your life. I'm very interested in a rage room. Have you ever done that? No, I'm, I'm, I want to have like a, a an opposite of a rage room, like a chill room. Chill I, I think, room. Uh, I think everyone's boring. angry enough as it is. You get behind your car and drive like assholes all the time, most people. So, yeah, like, don't, sure. you, don't you get your rage out that way? Like screaming? No, I people? just get more raged. No. Oh, I'm going to start a fucking anti-rage room where we just uh, uh, microdose and go. Well, I mean, that's like my patio where I just like chill and smoke weed. Like yeah, that's, I, I can do that anytime I want. I cannot go out there and break everything on the patio. So when I was a teenager, I worked at a liquor store and I, there was a basement and I would just take random bottles and smash them against the wall. So <laughs> I, was eight, I, I was 18 and filled with hormones and, and madness. And, so. uh, yeah, Madness. <laughs> sadness disguised by madness yeah. but um, so i've actually get... been trying to talk my son into doing a rage room mm. uh th the first time i ever saw it or heard of it we were at like a little axe throwing place and they had a couple of rage rooms and you had um you could see it like they had the tv outside so you could see them raging in there and i was so into it like i was so interested so i was just watching this girl in there and she was just wrecking shit looks so fucking fun and her mom's out there and we started talking and she's like yeah like this is literally therapy for her we have this place booked like twice a month to come in and rage and it has helped our daughter tremendously and i'm like i think that's amazing and i tried to talk my son into it but he wouldn't do it I mean, there was a big thing in the '70s called primal scream therapy, which was based. Oh on yes, that. I've heard of that. With John Lennon. That sounds that painful, though. Oh, <laughs> you, know, you got to like scream about like yeah. your mommy and daddy's yeah, yeah. stuff, but um, yeah, it's a similar thought, similar idea. Speaking of rage, uh, Gordon uh, Ramsay making a surprise guest appearance on the on this episode. Oh yeah, he is. Ordain going to visit him, which is a, a team that I never thought I would see. I don't know if Ramsay had a show at this point, maybe a on the BBC, but it doesn't, I don't think he had one in America at this point. Yeah. He was I, a little bit later. Yeah. I don't know when he entered the cultural conscious in America. Well, Donna's show on him, but I don't remember what we said. We might not have said. I mean, he seems pretty chill in this. Like he's, you know, he's with a contemporary. He's not mm -hmm. with someone that. Yeah. Old. He's not with a dumbass Like he usually is. <laughs> 2002. Yeah. I, I think Ramsey, if he's with somebody that's cool, he's going to be cool. Like, it's one of those things too where like the, the term reality tv has has kind of broken people's brains on what they should be expecting because reality tv would just be a boring show that it's just called life like yeah, yeah it's like, like it's boring and yeah and there's like everybody's... people get upset where they're like oh like uh like we were like, i was thinking of um because it was wrestlemania like i was thinking of watching stone cold's show just because it was wrestling related but mm -hmm. i'm like it's kind of stupid but people always get mad with the kardashians and, and like whatever and there's a show on hbo called uh the rehearsal mm -hmm. and it's a show it's a reality show but like there's people like oh i don't know if it's real or fake and there was actors it's like it doesn't fucking matter 
it's a show. Like you, people have lost the narrative of why you're watching TV. It's to be entertained. Mm-hmm. It's we watch wrestling. Like we are good at being like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck how the magic is made. Like I don't want to know behind it. I don't want to know everything. I want to well, just watch. Yeah. You know, and the show should be like that. If it's a reality show, then and oh no, I can't watch this entertaining thing because it's scripted. I don't really watch much reality show, but I think that people shitting on it for its lack of realism is fucking silly. Yeah, true. Uh, I see a wedding ring, I think, on his hand here. Maybe not. Maybe it's just... Uh, that's just to keep... Uh, what's his face from hitting on him? Oh, Ramsey? Yeah, he's, he's a notorious uh, dickhead. <laughs> oh, they're having lobster ravioli. What is this? Fucking Twilight? Oh, that's, oh, pumpkin. Man. that's pumpkin ravioli. Never mind. <laughs> that looks good. Ravioli's on my top five list. Yeah, it's it's like a blowjob. You can't fuck up ravioli. You know? <laughs> Unless you start putting like mints and shit like that in there. What's your favorite ravioli? Mm, I like just the traditional, you know, like little beef, cheese, like light sauce. I don't like a real saucy ravioli. Okay. So like, I was never like a beefaroni or you know <laughs> a chef loyalty oh. person I, I would never eat pasta out of a can i mean oh. i don't say that to sound like that i just say you sound like you like you sound I, like you I would sounds now because i i don't think it would taste good um, that's a very odd like as a, a northerner as a yankee i would think a southerner would have just grown up on 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 that stuff so sort of on on canned ravioli yeah like pasta with like ketchup on it and you call it you know <laughs> No, no. I mean, you might think that, but no. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I mean, we, we were joking about ravioli looking like a butthole or my butthole, but uh, <laughs> um, I do believe that the uh, there's other ones that do look a little more like it. But oh, like, yeah? Yeah, like, like a, fed, like a, fed, like a, like oh, a tortellini? Yeah, tortellini is the one I was definitely Yeah, that about. definitely looks like a bowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's my favorite pasta, and I like it with uh, spinach and cheese on the inside, and like an Alfredo sauce. Oh, okay. Again, lightly sauce. Alfredo sauce, otherwise known as um, I'll be in the bathroom in five minutes sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and that I can make from scratch, and it's very good. Okay. Well, that was a fun episode. Yeah, man. Like, um, it's, it, I really, the, the non widescreen and the, the low film resolution really appeals to me, man. I just, this was such a good time for TV when cable was really expanding mm-hmm. and you're getting cool shows that it sounds weird. And I know the internet existed, but it wasn't as common for everyone to have internet and YouTube, I do not believe existed. And like seeing a show like this is one of the few places, ways you could see a different land and different looking people. Without like nowadays, it's just whatever. There are people from all over the world in your Instagram feed on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And before this, though, like it was natural, national, national, <laughs> National Geographic or PBS would have a travel show. But like just seeing a different cultures and different types of people was not something that was made into a very entertaining, digestible format. Kind of mm-hmm. until Travel Network and Food Channel and Bourdain like this were making it that accessible and. I, I think it really opened up people to tolerating other people and learning about other people's lives and uh, cultures in a way that just wasn't available before these shows kind of became out came out. Look at this 
working at a tan cloth board date. I got my extractor. god, what are we doing? Hey, now, so take that gold chain off. You're gonna get a weird tan, dude. He but... needs a beard, though. I'm sorry, I know you're a chef. A lots of chefs have beards, yeah. I mean, it's 2002, beards had not really become uh, something that, yeah, um, I know, were as popular. I mean, I had one in 2002, but I'm a trendsetter, much like Bourdain, but it's not in the beard. Not enough, he's not a follicle trendsetter. He treats it like a little journal, too. Um, mm -hmm. Because he's talking now about his personal life, like you know, he's drinking he's, lucky. He's smoking lucky strikes too. Yeah, which you know, he's a God. fucking badass. And he 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 never. I mean, he's he's in his book. He talks a lot about doing a lot of blow and a lot of drugs when he was in the New York, you know, art rock scene, punk mm -hmm. rock scene in the in the eighties and stuff like that. And he said that he kind of slowed down but he drinks he's drank uh, he drinks on his shows he said he mm -hmm. quit smoking because he had a high-rise apartment in manhattan and he got bored uh <laughs> going downstairs to smoke all the time I think that's had, great I think, yeah i think he had a kid i think that's when he had a kid so i think he yeah so he was just like i don't want to smoke around it but like just and he talks about like he's got a great quote about like craft beer where he went to like when when craft beer first came out and people are um just tasting it and smelling it and he's like no beer is it's supposed to be fun like mm -hmm. you know alcohol mm -hmm. is for fun and yes i understand i i, mean, I like good craft beers as well but mm -hmm. you sometimes you go to these places and you're like all right motherfucker take it easy. you got a jenny he's, he's a saint martin looks is that like correct oh, yeah they're you smoking got, weed you got weed right on the tv right nice now. loving it that's great he said he doesn't like vegetarians but he likes rastafari <laughs> <laughs> agreed well they smoke weed St. Martin Freedom Fighters Shack. Ital Shack. That looks like a fun place. Yeah, and it's kind of a place that like a t most tourists don't really have access to. You know, like when you go, you yeah, when you, like when you go to Jamaica, you are literally not in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you travel through the poor area to get to mm -hmm. the weird, like, all-inclusive resort that you're going to go to, but right. you're not really on the ground in a place like this. And why would you be? <laughs> no one wants you there. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, does somebody in these countries, like, the way it's shown is that 99% of the time, they're all very happy to be sharing their culture and their food with someone, and they're very gracious. But, you know, is there a part of that culture that finds it, you know, kind of fucked up that this white guy comes in here with this camera crew and... Um, I think here exposes all of our shit. I think here, no, because right. it was still a novelty. Mm -hmm. I'm sure by now, where every asshole is filming every fucking thing in their area and pointing cameras everywhere, it's like what the fuck. But back then, there was still a novelty. Like you know, you could see people look at you ever see you can sometimes see videos of people with they bring a video camera to like their high school in like 2003. And the kids are looking at it like they're from fucking Papua New Guinea. Like they don't know how to act in front of a fucking camera, right? Like, yeah. but there's like I, I see my like five year old niece, and they you put a camera, a video camera on her, and she's doing a fucking show. Yeah, it's and way it's just different. Like, it's so ingrained. Yeah, how to act in front of a camera compared to what it would have been like twenty years ago, mm. where people just it's like just act naturally, just people doing their shit. And then, he's high as fuck, know, this guy. You don't give a shit what you're pointing at. Yo, big time. <laughs> and you get paid. But, like, sometimes people are very... Too, so. 
select it. Well, that's also true, but I, I don't mean necessarily the people that are on the show, but maybe just like other, you know, hole in the wall places that don't get visited by Anthony Bourdain might. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to start anything. I'm just curious if there would be any backlash to sharing. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Some people are kind of secret. Well, my wife is not. Yeah. Well, my wife is not for your entertainment. You know, my wife. Exactly. Is that's that's sort of that thing. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a zoo animal. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. 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 Learn I my culture. Learn. What the fuck? You well, know? if some motherfucker came to my house or backyard with a camera, I'd fucking throw a fucking pitchfork at him. And say, That's what I'm saying. You're, I ain't there doing are, anything interesting. There are a lot of probably Roccos in, in a place like <laughs> Jamaica. Well, there should be more. <laughs> but this, I mean, they made him a whole ass thing. It looks amazing. Yeah, and you know, you also don't know if he has a, I don't know if he has a relationship with these people the people that he goes to see and it seems like this guy that he's talking to this uh white dude he's friends with is probably like a curator and go between to yeah yeah and he usually does have a guy intermediary yeah exactly yeah who's always like oh yeah i know this crew over here come hang out with them and it does look like it's a restaurant it's not someone's house this is no 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 eatery right yeah and that's what an eatery should look like as well just outside just why does eating outside taste so much better oh i don't know that's a great thing I feel like when you eat outside, you're more apt to try. I'm at least me. I'm more apt to try new things. Like mm-hmm. if you put a piece of watermelon on my plate next to a piece of steak in the wintertime inside, I'm gonna say get that <laughs> shit off of that. <laughs> but if you if you just go to a barbecue, man, you could throw some beans. <laughs> Anything right on top goes of it. on there. Yeah. Yeah, man, just throw it on there. And if I'm not if I'm at someone's house and they put it on my plate, I fucking hate mayonnaise. But I'll eat some. If if your grandma puts potato salad on my plate, I will eat it. I will not disrespect some old lady who cooked me a meal. So. Yeah, you have a complicated out. food relationship. I do, I do, mm-hmm. but I, it's a lot of uh, you know, it's that's a lot of my issues. But my respect oh, for, for people, sure. my respect <laughs> for people who cook and uh, and show hospitality towards me trumps any of my weirdness, and I'll always show respect in that way. Mm-hmm. I, my mother instilled in me that you should never salt your food at a stranger's house. I've heard that too. I, I feel like that's bullshit. Oh, I mean, I'm, I still would never do it. But everybody still has their own taste. Like that's what I'm saying. Like. You should it, always taste. No, wait, I'm sorry. Without tasting it first. I've, oh yeah, definitely taste it first. Right, right. Uh, well, some things okay. just get automatically salted, but then again, I am southern, so. Well, that's the thing. Um. Oh yeah, we're addicted to salt down here. Do you guys have a salt lick like a horse just in your house that you just walk Basically, past and give yeah, a couple licks? Chisel some off there, eat it up. <laughs> like a drive-by licking, you just give it a couple licks. And that has I I wasn't really like that for most of my life, but. As I'm older, I'm salting a lot more things. Well, years of smoking, I mean, I'm not saying you smoke Probably. People who <laughs> smoke cigarettes tend to lose their sense of taste. And as you get older, it's true. I've noticed guys as they get older, they like, I, it's just hot sauce on everything. Everything, it's, right. Yeah. It's like your asshole's going to pay for that, but at least you get, you get to taste something. <laughs> taste something. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I, don't, I guess your taste buds die over time. I'm not really sure how that all works. I would imagine they take a beating in your tongue, right? Like, your hands get t- calloused. Do your mm-hmm. taste buds get t- calloused after a million years of putting fucking thin crust pizzas in them? <laughs> all the flavors, they just get tired of flavoring. All your buds are just like, I'm retiring. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I've tasted my last taste. <laughs> you need like a, an umami fucking implant to like, taste <laughs> some shit after fucking 20 years on the, on the job. When you were in school, did you ever do the thing where... You learned the regions of the tongue? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and like where the flavors hit on the tongue. I do not remember it, but I do remember a chart where, you know, this is in the front, this is the two sides, one in the back and one in the middle. Isn't that weird? Like, do they still teach that in school? There's no way my son knows that. No, as much as they would teach the rhythm method. And uh, <laughs> I think. That was just in New Jersey. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> But I mean, there's a new one now. Oh, five. he is floating in the pool right now. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is turning quite um, hot. Yeah, I mean, he's got a nice, lithe, tan, uh, mus- mm-hmm. ooh, I just burped, muscular body. <laughs> and they're kind of cutting in, like, his relaxation scenes with, like, scenes of him melting down in the kitchen. <laughs> like, this is why I'm chilling out. This is why I'm in St. Martin. I needed a vacation for my real life. It's a dichotomy of his own brain where it's like, I could be this hectic and in control. And it's funny. I have a doctor, a friend who's a doctor, who's a neuropsychologist. You know, he helps, he helps people who've had traumatic brain injuries, like guys who have had like a oh, TBIs. Met, yeah. well, like a piece of rebar in his head. So he's teaching guys how to like, well, I mean, he's not doing the therapy parts, but when he started, he was like, you know, teaching people how to remember to eat. Cause these guys who were fortune yeah. 500 CEOs, this one guy he told, you know, he was telling me about was like, you know, he ran, he created a major company, and now he does not remember a human needs to eat. So he oh, has to train this guy. And this is, a, you know, just from, like, he got in, like, a car accident. But for him, I would be like, hey, man, you got to watch fucking uh, The Wire or something like this. He's like, dude, when I'm coming home, I do not want to think anymore. I want fucking everyone loves Raymond at the most right. on my TV. Friendless you know, bullshit. Yeah, and I'd be like, you're such a smart dude. Like, you don't watch anything, like good and he's like no man i don't and i'm not gonna watch the rest you know <laughs> no man i don't i don't like why would he because that's his that's eight you know i'm working a fucking at a bookstore all day long you know like the only thing that fucking challenges me is like you know trying to smoke weed on my break and not get caught and or this guy's fucking, still more yeah well yeah i mean that i did have some elaborate um uh, <laughs> clive, not clive i mean i believe you this is the amount of shit you stole. I mean, not to call you out. Statue of limitations is way, way gone. Um, Strike that. She doesn't um, know what she's talking about. Yeah, I'm sorry. My name is... Nothing uh, happened. My name I is, made uh, it all up. Don't yeah. worry about it. My name is Mako Rato, not <laughs> what she told you before. Totally different person. It looks like they're eating conch shells. Is that right? <laughs> not the shells. Maybe just the conch. I've never eaten a cock shell. I've eaten yeah. what's in a cock shell, but I've never eaten the shell. I said it. conch. Oh, okay. So there's an an in it. Um, yeah, it looks like it, man. Like, God. those things are. Yeah, I don't. I would probably try for sure. Yeah, there's very few things I wouldn't. I don't. I won't eat anything that's alive still. So like, there's a lot of stuff in Japan, but I've eaten like cat, um, some caterpillar type shit. Some uh, not cockroaches, grasshoppers. I've had those. Yeah, like crunchy, like. Yeah. Yeah. But when people eat like the live squid and shit like that, no man, that's like walking across the table still. Yeah, no, thank you. No, no thanks. Um, stuff like veal. That looks me... good. It does look really good. Veal makes me feel bad, so I don't eat it, and it's not mm. good enough for me to not care. That's how that. I feel about about veal too. Like, like if veal was amazing, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I could take a hit on the uh, the mm. karmic chart, but anything. I was like that with lamb as well. Uh yeah, lamb is interesting. Lamb smells like a guy who it's bad. It's has so been playing bad. a video game for like twenty four hours straight. This shit, though. Yeah, that looks amazing. How that... much meat do they get out of that one shell? I mean, it's stuffed. Get... I know, but those things get huge, though, man. You see those guys? That is insane. Look at this guy cracking on this typewriter. I love it. But I mean, I know, like, 
you said, you know, there are a lot of imposters of Bourdain, but I, like somebody like Zac Efron, did you watch his show um, where he did this sort of thing? A travelogue show? No. I yeah, didn't. Down to Earth. I did not. So he took it a step further, I thought, and he would go and catch the food. You know, he was. Oh, nice. Yeah, he did. And his whole deal was everything being um, eco-friendly. Like, so the places that he traveled to, he did it because they were doing something revolutionary um, with, you know, farming or whatever um, to make things more eco-friendly. So it was, it was a pretty incredible show. And it reminded me of Bourdain. Yeah, I mean, because that Zach is very cool. Like, I'm sorry. I don't really care what you think about Zach Efron. Like, he kills it on that show. Well, like, I mean, there's a no, there's a nobility to how you're describing that show, but he fucking is hilarious in everything he does. He's hilarious. I read a there was an interview with I think it was on the someone talking about Neighbors or yes. or Baywatch, which is both those Neighbors. I didn't even see but Baywatch. Baywatch is great. Um, I think it was someone talking. I think it was the girl from uh, uh, Dario was talking about how like in between like during like lunch she was like um, looking around the set and Zach Efron's just doing pull ups. I'm like. What he has to do to maintain that thing that he has is insane. Mm-hmm. But like for some reason, like there is a certain like, oh, he's a muscular, hot guy. He cannot be funny or talented at the thing mm-hmm. he's doing. Which you know, it's nobody funny. thinks that anymore. Like you're required to be funny when you're hot now. Yeah, like you got like the Ryan Reynolds and the the guys like exactly. that, and the like they're like, oh, you have to be a funny, charming guy. But for years, it was like you have to be the fat, schlubby dude who uh, gets taken <laughs> seriously as a comedian or something like that. But yeah, Efron seems like a cool dude. And he's done some challenging shit. He did the Ted Bundy thing. And, you know, he seems like he's really trying to push himself. Like, he seems like a West douche, like a Jared Leto is to douchebag what he is to, like, down-to-earth seeming kind of dude, right? A pretty a pretty boy who, you know, we could tolerate, right? And it's so funny because he, because he really is struggling to, like, understand, not struggling. He really wants to understand, you know, what these very smart and, capable people are telling him and um sometimes it it goes over his head you know and he has to kind of like acknowledge that <laughs> like, well, that's that's more than most people do like somebody, he's so, so humbled like during the whole and he's so appreciative of everything i just loved him on that show and he got to do the coolest shit i've ever seen like yeah from the clips i've seen it looks like pretty amazing I, it's good that he's humble about that because many like lots of people are scared i don't know how that became a thing where people are scared to ask questions if they don't know and like because you don't want to look dumb but yeah well, who cares how do you no, learn no something? i know people, i don't feel people like mis- yeah people mistake like looking dumb for like like being ignorant isn't a, pejor- a pejorative mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. people think it is but it just means you haven't learned yet and you don't learn unless you ask and you don't learn unless you fail and have to mm-hmm. learn or look something up but yeah, yeah. people are scared to pretend they don't know stuff and it's like you're you're the one that's missing out mm-hmm. on, the, on the conversation and the life aspects of stuff but yeah, I'll check that show out. It sounds really cool. All right, here we are. Sounds a lot cooler than Leo DiCaprio pretending to care about the environment and flying around on his private jet for fucking by himself <laughs> to pick up eighteen-year-olds at a fucking resort. Um. All right, he's in another picnic table back backyard type of place. That looks nice, though. Yeah, it looks pretty goddamn good. Look at that. Right oh, out of- he's eating ribs. Oh, fuck. 
Ribs are one of the few things on a bone. I'm, I'm not a big fan of eating uh, food that has uh, bones inside of it. It kind of mm-hmm. grosses me out. Mm-hmm. Mostly rib cages, like a, like a chicken breast disgusts me because it feels um, exactly like my cat's rib cage feels and it kind of grosses <laughs> me the fuck out. What if you take it off the bone? You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I used to not like ribs um, because uh, when like a baby, because I just, I didn't have them prepared correctly for a long time. Like the ribs would be all tough and like, you know, like sticking in my teeth and like trying to, cause when I was growing up, we would eat like the country ribs. They wouldn't be like the baby back ribs. Not the city ribs? No. So you get the country ribs, which has a lot more gristle, fat on it. And you really have to like get the morsels of meat off the bone and, you know, but once I had prep, like, well-prepared baby back ribs i was like okay this this is ribs because i would say i don't like ribs for the longest time (laughs) until i had them done right yeah that's it's yeah it's interesting how that could work like i was scared of guacamole because (laughs) well i hate mayonnaise and stuff and i just i didn't know guacamole was just an avocado because it's cream when it's done right it's like creamy and so the consistency was always like disgusting to me and then someone Mm -hmm. wants like I didn't have it guacamole until I was like fucking in my late twenties. I don't think because you thought there was mayonnaise in it. I just assumed, yeah, there was some kind of white, gross shit in there. Yeah, so. yeah. And now it's like the best. Also, like, oh, yeah, this is good. the most well, temperamental goddamn food in the world. Oh my god, I know. That was, oh, I, I will never, I will never figure out when it's to buy a, them. When to <laughs> how many? How do you plan to use it? I want a cob salad tonight. Nope. I'm sorry, but your avocado will not be ready until next Friday. Yeah, you got to quantum weep yourself and back in time yeah, and fucking get, buy one like, for yourself. You have to, you have to like precog your avocado <laughs> cravings, <laughs> and like in a couple of days, I'm gonna need an avocado. Yeah, and like you, sometimes you have it left over, and you're like, "Fuck, I gotta eat." Yeah, like you're done eating, but you're like, "I know I can't save it." Yeah. But I don't want to throw it out. So now you're just shoving extra chips in your goddamn mouth and you're like, "Not waste, <laughs> be wasteful." I well, I started putting it into like uh, chicken salad. So like making like chick chicken salad with replacing the mayo with the avocado, which is very good and a good way to use them up. I used to be so scared of being poor that I would eat every part of a watermelon, the rind and everything, and the white and then the green. I've heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was very paranoid about wasting and being poor, so I was just like. Mm. yeah i don't know and then i don't know i guess i don't have to be he's uh, he's i think i'm a little ahead of you but he's having a breakfast right now mm-hmm. but it looks like a dinner like the what is it? a lot of different countries there's it's uh some sort of uh stew looking thing johnny cake dough is what he's doing right now. that's yeah that thing that's what he's saying there but it's like a stew in there and it's mm-hmm. like a lot of countries don't we're the only country that really does the whole like sugar cereals and stuff like that but like i know pho is very popular to eat in like asian countries mm. you just have like like spicy For noodles yeah. yeah and it's like that is kind of like bourdain does famously have a um hangover cure where he says spicy noodles a, a coca-cola and an aspirin and then smoke a joint is the only real uh hangover cure that you can now have. look i might have to try that very mm. soon i mean i've tried variants of that but maybe not in the right order Mm-mm. i've never um been I've never had like real pho, like or like real like ramen bowl or whatever. Okay. You know, I've never had like 
that sort of thing. I need to try that. Well, there, we have tons of places here that do, that do it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in the uh, in Manhattan by me that definitely I've had a couple of really cool places and just the cart. There's carts that just have it, and that's mm. like I it's like he was like he says, man, those things off a cart just they're yeah, there's something about mm. them. They just taste so good. Well, I'm addicted to like food trucks, and that's basically the same thing. Yeah, it's like made that by looks so good. Yeah, made by someone from that region, making mm-hmm. it the way they've made it in their family for a fucking century. Johnny Cake. Damn, I'm so <laughs> hungry now. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I didn't want to do this. I was worried that you were... Yeah. You were I always start... get hungry on Play Dive. Yeah, you always get the munchies going on. Mm-hmm. Not like weed munchies, but munchy munchy. Well, both. <laughs> well, I figured we were watching Bourdain, so I had a nice uh, glass of Sambuca before the show, and now I'm having a little uh, Chateau de something, uh, some white wine. So. <laughs> I don't my glasses. Ginger ale there. for me. Oh, shit. <laughs> you gotta watch it. You got the bubbles. So did you watch other Bourdain incarnations of his show? Did you watch No Reservations, which was the one that lasted, I think, the longest for him and... Like yeah, that would have been, been like the late two thousand show that he had. Where yeah, I I was definitely a Food Network and any kind of food related show, and let's say like two thousand two on to maybe like two thousand eight. Yeah, his his um, later show was on Travel. Like he mm-hmm. went to Travel Channel because he really wanted to, and he took control of the show. And like you're saying about the cameras and stuff, but like his crew was literally like two dudes. It was him, a yeah. cameraman, and a producer, and maybe mm. a sound guy. But it was a very small crew that he would run with. And he was writing the shows himself. I, he said that he was in the editing bay. Like, he was like, this is my, it's got my name on it. Like, I right, want yeah. control over it, you know? As he and, should. Yeah, and, like, those shows are great. They're they're not on anything right now. I think you have to pay for them on something. He's one of His last show was on HBO Max along with the documentary. Um, I do have a DVD of it, which I'm happy about because uh, I can watch them without going <laughs> Amazon or something, but you in physical media, yes. Yeah, I got a, I got a lot. I wish Dirty Jobs was on uh, Pluto because I would definitely <laughs> want to watch that with you. I love that it. is a great show. Yeah, I love that. That show. is a great show. What was the guy's name? Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. What does Mike Rowe do now? Uh, he just started Dirty Jobs again. He uh, no, he did. Correct. Yeah, it's on Discovery. Uh, oh, I have not cool. watched the new season, but yeah, he. He came back and started doing some stuff online, uh, uh, kind of like dirty jobs, but not. I don't know. It's hard to explain. He just was doing like ag- advocacy, t- advocacy type stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of brought back dirty jobs. So um, I fucking love that show, though, man. Yeah, it's so. It. <laughs> I don't want to say gross, but like it, it really opens your eyes, like. <laughs> Yeah, like someone's got to do all this shit. what people do, like mm-hmm. what they actually do. And like half the things on that show are things that could also be on Fear Factor. Like, Yes. <laughs> and probably are. Yeah, right? Like fucking Christ. Oh, man. I love watching a, a guy like this in a supermarket. Like I want to shop with him. Like I want him to tell me what to buy. Like you said about the avocado, man. I don't know shit. Buy <laughs> I... pâté de foie. Oh, I wonder if that's foie gras. And I wouldn't eat that, though. That, that kind of bums me out. You wouldn't? Nah, it's kind of a sad how they make it, right? They fucking force feed ducks and... <laughs> Everything's sad about how it's made. Yeah, all factory farming is kind of yeah. gross unless you literally just go to, like, a local farm. But it's... When you know the story, it makes it a little tougher than... Mm-hmm. But... I mean, I've never... If I ever went to a slaughterhouse, I'm sure I'd become a vegetarian and fucking force yeah. 
Probably. Or chicken farm or any of that shit. So. Oh, he's got a crusty bread. Oh, man. What's he in there? Asparagus. Pickled asparagus. I've never seen that. <sighs> There's a lot of Asian markets in my area that I've always, like, I'm always wanted to, I want someone to tell me what to do with the stuff because I don't always know what it is, you know? Mm. Google, my friend. Google knows all. Yeah, but when I'm in the store, I'm just, I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing there. I feel mm. like they're going to yell at me and tell me to get the fuck out Nobody of there. cares. Yeah, well. As long as you're not standing in nobody's way like they always are when I'm in the fucking store. <laughs> oh, God. You need your rage room now. Oh, my God. He just said, I have mixed emotions about the French, but I like French supermarkets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's in a French supermarket in Jamaica, and there is a lot of uh, this colonies there. I know that. Mm -hmm. It's weird. The French are in weird spots. They went to Vietnam. There's a lot of uh, French mm -hmm. people. Jamaica. That, that what's that place above America that no one goes to? I don't remember. Canadian? Never heard of it. <laughs> what about beef to... tongue? Have you ever had beef tongue? Oh yes. There's a tongue. There's a uh, uh, Mexican restaurant on the corner from my house that makes a tongue taco. That's fucking amazing. I would probably try that. Yeah, it's really good, man. It's cool, like if you said you like like the see the marbleized parts of the mm -hmm. meat, like that's mm -hmm. definitely a major part of like the, the mm -hmm. tongue that they have there. I would think the tongue would be very um, muscular, like and tough. I think it's all about. So you it's... would have to braise a tongue, though. Yeah, like... I feel like it's all about the preparation, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that German cannibal who ate the guy's dick, where he made it. He didn't cook it right, and it got all fucking shriveled up, and he couldn't eat it. Yeah, yeah, you gotta cook those guess. just right. Yeah, because they're like you said, they're all muscle, right? Or vet, actually, mm -hmm. they're just like like blood vessels, right? Mm -hmm. and muscle. Mm -hmm. So you never you don't want to fuck that up if you're gonna eat a guy's dick. <laughs> it's <laughs> so interesting. This episode is so interesting because very introspective, and I mean a lot of them are, but he he's like doing like I'm overwhelmed in the kitchen, like little. <laughs> vignettes kind of like well this is season two vignettes, episode one. <laughs> i thought you said a beignet like that no, i almost i i just mixed up those two words and mashed them together it sounds speaking delicious. of the french you i have food on my mind chris beignet that famous canadian <laughs> wrestler this is season episode one of season two so i'm assuming like like he has had time to think about it and really cultivate how he wants an episode to be from here on out you know mm -hmm. i'm sure his first season was shot very like on the run and on the go mm -hmm. and just you know like that's what one. i think of him when i think of him is just constant movement from one crazy ass place to the other but this is a very big slowdown vibe and yeah. like he's resting and he has his little hawaiian shirt on and he is swimming in the pool looking hot just and just walking into the ocean and just yeah. staring into the waves. Yeah, I think he really wanted to cultivate a thing. And like, if you've never read him, his writing is really cool and really good. It's very Hemingway esque in terms of its. Mm. Um, it's not flowery. It's very down to the basics, but is still very eloquent in how he mm -hmm. uh, is descriptive and things. So uh, really good. Kitchen Confidential is a great book, but his uh, the ones after that when he was really traveling the world were, are really good too. Highly recommended. He looks so happy to be eating that burger. 
Well, it's kind of like the movie, The Menu, right? Like the burger. Like no matter what you've ever eaten in your life, That's a burger is right. going to be the best fucking thing. Unless you go to prison, then it's just a piece of meat yeah. and bread. But also that's really good because they starve you for like 12 hours. And <laughs> when you finally get to eat something, it's the best burger you've had, even though it's, you know, a piece of meat and bread. I've never, I don't know. What I'm t- I, that's just, I've heard that. I've never. You never had a burger. Ever. No, I never went to the tombs and had a prison burger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he's, you know. Sitting with his toes in the sand and taking a swim. It was like, a very peaceful episode. I really liked it, it. it. Yeah, it's funny to see that because it's like that is a thing when you say, I'm going to take a vacation. I want to feel the sun in my face and the toe, the sand in my toes, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's almost a cliche to say, but it is really a sign of you looking down at your feet in a different environment. You're not mm-hmm. wearing shoes. Like, it's powerful if you really can have that moment to just be, I am outside of the comfort zone of life and I could take a moment to just reflect and like mm-hmm. look at my feet, you know, these feet that are beat up from working and have my feet and my sand in the toes and wiggle them <laughs> around like a little kid. That's what little kids do, right? Like mm-hmm. It's a moment to feel like a little kid and the beach really can bring you back to those moments of feeling like a little kid. Mm-hmm. Even though you're an old beat up man like mm-hmm. me and Mr. Bourdain in 2002. R.I.P. Mr. Yes. Bourdain. That I mean, was this just makes you, yeah, it just makes you want to watch more apps, right? Like, that's oh, the best. definitely. Although I'm starving. So, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what else do you have for other podcasts going on? Every other Friday, you could hear me on Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0 with Ryan Gray and Mike Rossi. We talk about modern wrestling. And, uh, and there's a video component now to that as well now. Um, and once a month, you could hear me on the Cronoso Monthly with uh, my my uh, co-host here. Not together, but um, uh, talking about old wrestling and going through the uh, original WWF years, my favorite years in wrestling. That's a fun show. Yeah, man. Um, alrighty. Well, as for me, you can find me on Wednesdays right here on More South Connection. But this show with uh, GC Dub, a game-changing podcast, I always do that. You can change Jane as well. I, I should. Um, and then also a new one called Talking Docs. We review documentaries. That should be available by the time you're hearing slash watching this, hopefully. Um, and then you can find anything I do. I, I will link that on Twitter. So if you're like, hey, I wonder if Jenny's been doing a podcast. The answer is yes. And you can go to Twitter and you will find eventually amongst all my bullshit uh, a link. To uh, yes. Um, so thanks so much. I appreciate you coming back on the show and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was super fun. <laughs>